Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Hey, Chief, we got a damaged RV on its way to the OR. Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of RV surgery. <laughs> Wait, are you promoting me? Congrats, Martinez. Doctor! Well, that sounds like a job for the new head of nursing. So you're just promoting everyone now? Yeah, kind of looks that way, doesn't it? When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. With Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. All right, folks, we're back once again. Yes, it's that all important time, Decibel Geek Podcast time. I'm Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my partner in crime, Chris Sinzak. How's it going, my man? I'm running with the devil. How are you, man? Heck yeah, man. We're going to have some fun this week. We've been working so hard. I think we deserve a day just to kind of take it easy and enjoy. Yeah, and uh, it's it's been too long since we've done anything on Van Halen. And uh, yeah. after we got so much grief over the last one, Aaron wasn't we, here last time. I was going to say, did. don't, don't include so, me on this. You're the one that went and did well, the Van Halen special and then got in all that trouble. Yeah, we had a, a special guest host on that one. And, uh, you know, some of the facts got twisted around, so <laughs> I figured um, Aaron would come back for this one, and we would also have a new sacrificial lamb to come on the show. So um, I want to introduce to you, Mr. Todd Zilla. How y'all doing? <laughs> Good. <laughs> the lamb to the slaughter. I right, right. <laughs> and uh, those outside of Nashville, Tennessee, might not know who Todd is, but Todd has been Todd's a staple of the Nashville rock and roll scene, and um, <laughs> I remember seeing him as long back back. Well, it goes back into my high school days in the clubs, you know. You're making me old. No, <laughs> we're, not, we're not. I know we're not that far apart, are we? But uh, no, I don't know. He's no, trying to make himself seem young. You think? Yeah, but uh, okay. but uh, no, Todd's been he's been playing in and out of the local scene for a while now, and he's well known amongst especially guitar players in this town. This is one of the best local guitarists I've ever seen, and and Thank he. You. Uh, That's nice of you say. He's got a, a a funk and rock background, and. Um, this is one week where I wish we had a video show because Todd's look is, <laughs> okay. is certainly unique. No one has this look. And Aaron, describe what you what you see when you look at Todd Zilla here. <laughs> man, I see a rock star. Yeah. That's what I see. You know, a man who knows how to, you know, because how many times have we said, and this is the kind of show we do, that when a band gets up on stage, it's not supposed to look like the dude sitting out at the end of the bar. It's not supposed to look like the dude down at the end of the assembly line. You know, yeah. when you're a rock and roll star and you're up on stage, you got to play that role, man. And Todd Zilla, I appreciate you for taking it seriously enough to do just that. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I just, that's, I grew up on bands that, you know, they didn't look like they were going to go mow the yard. You know, right. they, they, they right. looked like they were 
entertainers. You know, my first concert was Kiss. It ruined me for life. Yeah, yeah. And, good. And one of, another early concert was Van Halen, and so that yeah. really ruined me for life. You know, I mean, it's it. But those guys, you know, they. It was about the spectacle of it. It was about the. You know, presentation. You were supposed to look like a rock star because right. people were paying you money to perform for it. Exactly. Right. So you had to present it that way. And I, mm-hmm. I, when the when the grunge movement happened and a lot of that kind of stuff happened, and it now is so uh, appropriate for people to get up in jeans and t-shirts. You know, right. I, it was that's lost on me. I don't. I don't yeah. know how to process yeah. that. That yeah. doesn't work right. for me. Yeah. And and we saw. I we ran into Todd over at the the big rock show show that we went to Twelfth uh, and Porter. Yeah. And he was he was at the show along with uh, our friend Robert Bentley, who's like the greatest Gene Simmons impersonator. You've ever yeah. Seen. <laughs> That's and awesome. uh, so yeah, between him and Todd, I was like, we got like a, quite a visual look going here. And I know uh, it's great. For the first time yeah. ever, I went out and felt underdressed. Exactly. You know, standing yeah. next to these guys, yeah. it was great. And I saw Todd, <laughs> and I was like, I gotta have you on the show, man. And you know, because you know, hey, I've been wanting to have him on for a while, and we want to get more people that are here in the Nashville area on the show so I started talking to him about like you know what are you passionate about and we started talking about Van Halen and you know that was that was a consensus like let's do a Van Halen episode with Todd and Todd being a guitar player obviously had a huge had, had was hugely influenced I'm guessing by Eddie Van Halen oh yeah he was he was everything to me at one point right sure. so so he brought a, a guitar and an amp set up over here and he's gonna actually play for us while we call it Yeah, yeah, so I don't even need segue music. Let's talk about the first album. Right on. Okay, great. So, all right, so Van Halen 1 comes out 1978. Which is cool because we've got the 1978 year in review coming up real soon. Yeah, we'll, we'll delve into that. Um, Can I tell you a story? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, sure. I've got to tell you a story. Okay, my first um, experience with Van Halen, I kind of... It's, well, I have I have to blame the fact that I love Van Halen on my mother. Okay. Right <laughs> you can blame your mom for a lot of stuff, but <laughs> most kids probably wouldn't say my I blame my Van Halen fetish on my mom. No, it's, but the reason is because my mom, uh, she wanted to go to the mall. She wanted to go to JC Penney. Yeah. And I'm like 12 years old in 1978. That mm-hmm. dates me, but I have to tell it. You know, it's okay. But I'm 12 years old. I've just gotten into rock and roll, just gotten into playing guitar. And she wants to go to the mall. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to go to that You know, she wants to go to JCPenney. I'm like, go to JCPenney. But the cool thing was, there was right outside of the JCPenney on the top floor of the mall, there was a record bar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I had just gotten into music. So I decided, you know what, man, I'm going to go and I'm going to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just ditch her for a minute and go go into the record store and just walk around, you know. So I'm gonna go to the record bar. Okay, stay close. I'll be there in a minute, right? So I walk into the record bar, and there's nobody in there. It's like middle of the afternoon, you know. Yeah. A couple people running the front counter, and and there's this music playing, you know. Mm-hmm. And all, all I heard was like. Uh, <laughs>
So I'm walking around, and it, all I know is it, you know, it sounds. Yeah. It just sounds cool, you know. Right. So I, I go up to the front counter, and it, that was back in the days when they played the LPs in the stores. Yeah. Right? And they had this thing, you know, the the thing that says now playing, and it had this album cover, and I, it was across the counter and I was a little kid so I couldn't really see much you know I was looking up above the counter <laughs> yeah. and I just saw this album you know and it had this emblem on it but I couldn't really read it from where I was and I said to the guy behind the counter who looked you know dead straight up out of Wayne's World or something I mean <laughs> nice. the guy just had the long hair he looked like he was probably 19 you know mm -hmm. he was a musician obviously long hair yeah kind of over it because he was working at a record store when he right. wanted to be a rock star or whatever Hang on, dog break. And now the dog finally shut up, so okay. continue. Okay, so I went up to the front counter, and there's this thing there, and there's a guy, and he's standing up there, and, and like I said, he, he looks like straight out of Wayne's World. He's, he, he wants to really be a rock star or something. He's yeah. long hair. He's kind of over it. You know, he's working at a record store, working retail. Huh. A lot of us can relate to that. Anyway, so he... He's standing behind the counter, and I look up at him, and I'm, and I'm like this little kid, and I go, excuse me, sir, um, what is this playing? And he looks at me, and he kind of goes, it's a new band, man. They're called Van Halen. They're really cool. Check them out. Nice. <laughs> so I, I went over to the record bin, you know, and I'm looking, and I go to the V section, you know, and I'm like Van Morrison, yeah. you know, Van Heflin, <laughs> and I, Van Halen, and I pull out this record, and the... And the, and the album cover has these four guys on it. Yeah. And like the drummer is on fire. They yeah. set the drummer on fire. Now remember, I'm a 12 year old kid, okay? They set the drummer on fire. And it, the bass player looks like Gene Simmons taking a shit or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's got these bat wings coming out of these electric bat wings coming off of his back, you know, nice. and he's got this look on his face. Ah! Yeah. And then 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 Roth, you know, he's got the bare chest and then he's like got the leather pants and the hair blowing, you know. Right. Did you say, I didn't know the guy from Black Oak, Arkansas was in his Exactly. <laughs> And then, and, and then up in that top right corner, yeah. th there's the guitar player, and he's holding the guitar up, you know. Yeah. And he's got this look on his face, and the guitar has stripes, stripes. on it. Yeah. I never saw a guitar with stripes on it ever before in my life. It was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. I was just like, <laughs> that is badass, you know. Yeah. And then I flipped the album over, and there's Roth doing the back bend with those platform shoes and leather pants on, and I thought, Oh shit! I'm buying this. <laughs> so I, I had just gotten paid. I had done like the, I, I think I mowed the grass or something. My dad had given me like a ten spot or something. Yeah. So I had like ten bucks in my pocket, and you know, for 1978 for a 12 year old kid, that was pretty cool. Right. I just yeah. said, you know what? I looked at the price tag. It was 5.49 plus tax. I went up and smacked that down on the counter and said, "Here you go, Wayne's World. I want this." <laughs> <laughs> and so I took that thing home. And I played it from front to back, and it just, you know, the thing is that how it affected me as a musician, as a guitar player, again, I'd only been playing for about a year. Yeah. Okay. The thing is, I didn't know that much, so I didn't know that it was cutting edge. I didn't know that he was turning the world upside you just down. Assumed that's what I just thought it along. sounded yeah. badass, and I thought the guitar sounded awesome. Yeah. And I started sitting down learning those songs. Right. Yeah. So I sat down and I started picking it out, you know. Yeah. And of course, it didn't sound like that at first. You right. know? Yeah. <laughs> but you know I got better and better and better and then 
And then one day I was sitting on my bed and I just kind of, you know, I don't know why or where, but maybe it was because I just was so inexperienced and didn't know anything and didn't, you know, I, I had a guitar teacher. Yeah. But, you know, he was teaching me, you know, shit like Eric Clapton stuff and Beatles right. songs and yeah, don't fear, don't way, fear the reaper. Yeah. Well, he, he, he was a few it. years older. He was like in his t- mid-20s, yeah. uh, mid to late 20s, I think. And and he was into like Clapton and those guys. And and so, I you know, when matter of fact, when I went to him and I said, I want to learn to play this. And yeah. I showed him the album and he goes... Oh, Van Halen. All you guys want to learn is Van Halen. (laughs) So he taught me a couple of things and gave me a couple of the tools to kind of figure things out. And I can't remember if he explained to me the tapping thing or if I just stumbled onto it. I can't really remember. But I just remember that when I figured that out, it was like the greatest day of my life. Because I was just like, oh my God, now I know what the guy's doing. And then suddenly it started making sense. And I started going, I started really going pretty fast in terms of kind of my development. Because let's face it. I had a great teacher, right. Eddie Van Halen, yeah. right. you know, and I and I just started figuring out things, and then I started talking to my teacher more, and and he was starting to figure out because other people were asking him to do these, you know, to, to show him these songs, he was having to figure out things, you know, and and so he was able to explain to me some of the techniques. Mm-hmm. Well, here's what he's doing, and I remember him saying, "Here's what he's doing." I can't really do it, but here's what it's doing. <laughs> and so then I would go home and I would just I would just try and I would woodshed and I would just bang it out on the guitar, you know. Yeah. And yeah. And, and then I remember one day, uh, it was a couple of years later. I think I was 14. It was 1980, and uh, I played guitar, but I was kind of a nerd and I didn't really talk to many people at school and I was just a bookworm guy. Was, that doesn't look like I look now. No. I, take that. I was just this little geeky kid. And I had this, you know, I was a, a brain and a bookworm, made A's, all A's and stuff, and honor roll and all that kind of, I was a good student, right. you know, but I wasn't one of the popular kids by far. I was like a wallflower kid and just was, you know, nobody t- looked at me, nobody talked to me, you know, mm-hmm. I was just kind of meandering my way, you know, typical kind of adolescent stuff. Right, yeah. But one day, I guess I had this one guy that I knew, and his name was Brian Andrews, and Brian had... Brian was kind of one of the cool guys, and he was a couple of years older than me. He was right at 16, and he had a 73 Roadrunner that was Carolina blue, and it was jacked up so big in the back that your the back window, you might as well have been, it might as well have been a moonroof because you were looking <laughs> oh, wow. at the sky. Wow. And the thing was like that, yeah. and it sounded like... <laughs> he was coming down the street, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that thing sounded huge, you know, this, this car. And, but anyway, he was one of the cool guys. Yeah, he was one of the yeah. coolest guys in school. He was on a football team. And, and, he, and he comes up to me and he says, hey, man. And I said, yeah. And he said, I hear you play guitar. And I said, uh, yeah. And I'm scared to death. You know, yeah. I'm 14 years old. I'm scared out of my mind. And he says, he says well, well, listen, we're having a jam session on Saturday at Chris Bland's house. And I thought, Oh my God, I've been invited to a jam session, my first right. jam session, right? So I go in, I, I, I go in and tell my mom, Mom, I gotta go to this thing on Saturday, you know. And Brian had said, Yeah, we're, a bunch of us are gonna be there. It's at Chris's house, and Eddie Martin's gonna be there, and, and Sean Post. 
Sean Post was the quarterback of the football team, but yeah. he played drums. And I'm this like, is like your, I'm uh, going. This is your promotion. Well, it's right. like I am a nobody, yeah. and I just got asked to go to a jam session with guys from the football team. Yeah. What the hell just happened to me? You know, I was just so I go home and I'm just scared to death, but I'm like, I gotta go do this. Yeah. So my mom says, All right. So Saturday comes. We load up my little amp and my little Fender Mustang, you know, worst guitar in history. Not <laughs> Leo's best day. It was yeah, the hardest yeah. guitar in the world to keep in tune. Yeah. But it was what I had. Loaded my little amp and my Fender Mustang in the car in her Toyota Corolla station wagon. Yeah. And drove to Chris Bland's house. And there's the Roadrunner parked out in front of the house. And I'm just crapping my pants, you know. And so somebody comes out and says, come on in, you know. And I go in and they're already playing. And and so I go up and I move into the room and I plug in my amp and I get my guitar out, you know, and they're and they're they're all standing around going yeah. <laughs> And Brian's over there going for like 40 minutes, you know, that's right. all they're doing is just, yeah. you know, and, and then they got tired of that. So they, so they started this other song and see, I didn't know these songs because yeah. I had, I was just like Kiss, Van Halen, and I was so focused on that stuff right. that I didn't really pay attention to a lot of other records. And I didn't think anybody else knew about Van Halen. I thought they were this secret band that was just my band because <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had found them, you know, and even, and then when Van Halen 2 came out, I remember being in like a Kmart and seeing the amp, the album, and I remember thinking, <laughs> my band put out another album. So I bought that one, you know, right. yeah. so, so I'm, you know, I'm thinking, you know, nobody ever talked to me about music or anything. So I'm thinking Van Halen's like this underground kind of right. thing that I know about and nobody knows about it. So they're playing, you know, the, 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 right? And then they get bored with that, and then they start this other song, and this is how they played it. It was, this is how they played it. <laughs> Skip the hard part, right? <laughs> so, but I'm like in there and I'm trying to keep up, you know, and I'm scared to death and I'm just like, oh man, you know, and, and so I'm just, you know, I'm following, okay. You know, and I'm trying to keep, you know. So, anyway, they after about an hour of this crap, they decide it's time for a smoke break. So they go out into the living room, you know, and none of the parents are home or anything. It's just, you know, the kids. So they go out, and we all go out into this into this living room, and and you know, well, you know, kids at 14, 15, 16 years old, they, they don't have a lot of money, I guess, you know. So they were sharing this one cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just figured yeah. that, you know, no, no, no. I mean, and it smelled kind of funny, you know. Uh, yeah, it smelled yeah, like yeah. my mom's cigarettes, but yeah. they were passing this one cigarette around, and I I didn't like smoking because I thought it's was nasty you know my mom smoked a lot and god yeah. bless her she quit thankfully but but you know i didn't want to smoke so i was just kind of like no i don't want to do that so i kind of nobody was looking at me anyway so i went back into the room yeah and they were out there in the living room and i was i just didn't have anything else to do and i was kind of you know sort of the lonely kid and i sort of picked up my guitar and i and i started just playing this song that i knew Oops. 
sudden I hear, what are you doing? <laughs> and I freeze in my tracks and I look up <laughs> and Brian Andrews and Chris Bland and Sean Post are all standing in the doorway looking at me. Yeah. And like glaring at me and I'm thinking, oh man, I've, I've screwed up, you know. And I'm like, uh, uh, I'm sorry, you know. Uh, uh, and he said, were you just playing Van Halen? <laughs> and I said, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I was. I, I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> and, and, and Brian, Brian went, no, 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 no. And he looked at Chris, and Chris looked at him, and he said, he said, play that again. Yeah. And I went. And he goes, do you know any more? And I went, uh, yeah. And they all looked at each other and they looked at me and they went, we don't know Van Halen. <laughs> Can you show us how to play that? <laughs> so for the next hour, you I was like that. the coolest guy in the world because we were just, you know. songs off the first two records you know I, I, I just knew a lot right. of them and so I just was like well okay here's running with the devil yeah and they just uh, you know it they just blew my mind because all of a sudden I was like the one of the cool guys yeah right and it was all because of that moment and the fact that you know I had no idea that Van Halen was so cutting-edge and so wonderful and, and you know and, and he was doing this revolutionary thing i was just a kid who was trying to learn how to play guitar and i thought that's how guitar was supposed i guess it was to be. better that you didn't know yeah right. it, it was absolutely it made me yeah. who i am right. it really did because because it was that that thing and that's why van halen is so special to me yeah because it was that dumb stupid discovery of where you're like walking down you know the through the woods and you stumble on a pot of gold kind of thing right. it was it was really it completely changed my life as a guitar player because of dumb luck right but then you know i loved their music so much and then and here's the here's the, ep, the epilogue to that little story the next monday i went to school and i'm standing at my locker and there's this girl named Susie hanhan she was a she i think she was had Palestinian descent, but she was gorgeous. Yeah, and I had the biggest freaking crush on her. She was just, I mean, she was just beautiful. And she had a locker two doors down from mine. Yeah. And she had never seen me before in my life. I was invisible. I was transparent. I mean, she was one of the cool kids and I was just air. Right. <laughs> and I'm standing at my, this next Monday after that jam session, I'm standing at my locker getting my books and all of a sudden she's at her locker and she closes her locker and she turns to me and she leans one shoulder up against the locker next to mine and she says, hey, and I said, hey, <laughs> and she said, so I hear you're a really good guitar player and I just kind of sort of blushed and kind of went, well, well I play guitar, yeah, and she said, I hear you know how to play Van Halen. And I said, you know Van Halen? And she said, 
Oh, silly. Everybody knows Van Halen. They're like the coolest band ever. <laughs> and that was when I suddenly figured it out and the light bulb went off. I'm going to be a guitar player for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, that is an awesome story, man. <laughs> and now, Deep Thoughts with David Lee Roth. This is a great pool party. Who picked the music? David Lee. Didn't he just play some Earth, Wind, and Fire? He's sexy. Yeah. I'm gonna blow up. Aren't you somebody's wife? So what? We'll be right back. But not right after this. So what's your name again? Listen to the Decibel Geek Podcast on your iPhone, Android phone, BlackBerry, and WebOS phones with Stitcher. Stitcher's smart radio for your phone. Find it in your app store or at stitcher.com. Stitcher smart radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. So, so the first two albums are probably the most near and dear to your heart? Well, they album. all are. You yeah. know, they, they, they all are. I mean, the Dave albums. Yeah, those are. are the Dave And that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, so. and, 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 the and they just, you know, um, there was something in it that just just struck a chord, no pun intended. Well, pun completely intended, I guess. But something that just struck a chord in me that, that I just, their music was, it was, it was raw, but it was also very technically controlled yeah they were meaning to do it but they were it was like balls out and they it was like they were what does eddie say that, that, that his guitar playing is kind of like falling down the steps and landing on your feet right yeah. well that, that's exactly the way it resonated with me it had just a little bit it had that element of danger that rock and roll should have right right and it, there was almost a i mean atomic punk you know that yeah. kind of when the first time i heard that i thought you know that was kind of a it was a kind of a melding of rock and punk kind of mentality. Yeah. Maybe not the music, but no. the mentality yeah. of it. The it was very much, yeah, very much from the street. And I always kind of felt that you know mm -hmm. Van Halen was kind of like nuclear rock and roll. You know, I mean, it was mm -hmm. nuclear powered rock and roll. Right. You know, and the guitar, you know, it just it, it was so big and so huge and sounded so awesome. You know, and. Everything about the, you know, people give Dave Lee Roth a lot of crap about the way he sang, but uh, he fit perfectly into what they were trying sure. to do. Well, I think you had to have both sides of it because you had Eddie, who was technically a genius, right, and was a very serious musician. And he, even though some of the stuff sounds out there, I mean, he took everything he did completely serious. Then Dave on the other side, he's the fun guy. Yeah, right? he's, he's like, a wild man. You've got to have yin and yang. I, I and heard a story one time, and I, I don't want to. I don't want to get lambasted by you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know, Name your like, say, no, that's not right. Yeah. That guy's an idiot. Wow. You know, he looks. Don't worry, too. we get told we're idiots yeah. every week. So but, don't worry but, about well, that's we like that's it. okay. But but you know, I do I do say I heard a story once that. And actually, I think maybe it was in his book, in Crazy from the Heat. Yeah. Maybe that's where I heard it. So maybe it's legit. <laughs> but I heard the story that when they first got together and Dave got in the band, that he said, you know, Eddie and Alex just wanted to be Black Sabbath. Right. And he said, so yeah. we went to a Black Sabbath concert, and I took them all the way down to the front row. And we got all the way down to the stage. And then I turned to him and I said, 
boys, turn around and look behind you. What do you see? <laughs> Guys. And he turns around and goes, dudes in denim jackets. Yeah. And Dave says, do you want that to be your audience? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so they made it danceable because yeah. if the chicks liked to dance to it, the yeah. chicks would come and, and the guys, the guys would, follow. would follow the chicks. Right. right. And then everybody had a real good time. Yeah. So I think I think that that's you know to me that's what always resonated. It was it was good party music, but yeah. it was danceable. Right. And you know I obviously I kind of ended up you know kind of half between a rock guy and a funk guy. Uh -huh. So I liked that kind of music that you could move to. I was the, always the only white kid that would get up and dance at all the school dances. Yeah. And I was you know I went to a very uh, racially integrated school that was 50 50 you know yeah I had as many black friends as I did white friends my my white friends were all listening to ACDC and Van Halen and my black friends were all listening to Prince and Mars Day in the time right yeah. you know and P-Funk so right. but but the thing that I've always appreciated about Van Halen was how funky they were right sure yeah you know, of one of my favorite songs um, one of my favorite songs is uh, is off of uh, off of um, fair warning. Yeah. And it's uh, dirty movies. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's just so slinky right. and so funky, and it's just it has a swing to it that yeah. rock bands that tried to imitate Van Halen never got it. No. They never there was a lot of bands out there, you know, that really tried really, really hard to to imitate Van Halen and kind of caught their thing. Yeah. And they they never got the the most fundamental part of it, which was that slinky groove right. that was kind of danceable. Well there's gotta be there has to be a there has to be a sexualness to it, which I think is right. what, that's what Eddie could do with the guitar that's and Alex with his about. drumming too. That's what it was all Let's about. not forget Alex, but yeah. like, well, even if you're talking about funkiness, you got to continue to cone in the bass too. Yeah, you know, and, and well, and the bass was solid, and also the thing that I, that I love, like I was somebody posted a link to the the song "Little Dreamer" on Facebook the other day. Love it. And I was listening to it, and I was just like, this is this is as close to perfect as you can get as yeah. far as a rock song goes because it's got. A great groove to it. The guitar tone is perfect, but also you can't forget the harmony vocals that those yeah. guys can pull oh, off. Oh yeah, absolutely. Other rock bands were not able to pull off what they were doing. Well, I think I think a lot of that comes from the fact that they played those backyard parties and they wanted to do. They really wanted. They they ended up playing a lot of things like Ohio Players and and, right. and right. that kind of stuff where you had to really be able to stuff sing. where you had to be able to sing. Yeah. And they were covering a lot of the parts because they only had guitar, bass, and drums. Right. right. They played yeah. a lot of R and B stuff in their party days. Yeah. And I think that really kind of influenced them a lot. You know, yeah. in terms of the R and B side of vocal harmonies and that kind of stuff. Because you mm -hmm. go listen to and again, you know, me coming from that background of the duality of the rock and the funk. Right. You know. You go listen to Sly and the Family Stone, and you hear some of the best singing you ever heard in your life. Right? Yeah, yeah, you know, and and you can't tell me that those guys didn't pick up on some of that while they were having to play some of those cover songs. Sure, that, you know, just to keep the party going. Right, you know, it was the songs yeah, that totally. people wanted because it was the seventies, and you know, you like it or not, the disco thing and the R and B thing was was the most popular stuff. So for them to get you know, paid to go do a backyard party, they better know some of those kind of songs. Right, you know? right, right. 
I mean, it's that's that's the life of a cover band. You know, any band that's struggling and on their way up, mm -hmm. you know, you have to make some concessions early. Yeah. And I think their their thing was that they had to play a lot of that '70s R&B kind of stuff to get over. Right. And right. I think it it definitely colored the way that they sang. Yeah. That, that's a huge part of it. Well, on another song they did, and speaking of cover songs on Van Halen too. They did the cover of "You're No Good." Absolutely. Which, you know, I'm not a big, I'm not I'm certainly not crazy about the original because of, that's just not my thing. But man, they, I mean, they turned it into a completely different song. Yes, and right. I know they weren't happy about recording it at the time. I think the record company was pushing them to record that right. song. But I mean, they turned it into a pretty amazing piece of work. I played it on one of the shows that uh, we've done. As cheesy as it is, one of my favorite tracks is "Dancing in the Streets." Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's not the hardest rocking thing at all, but it's the fact that they took that Martha and the Vandellas song yeah. completely made it sound like Van Halen. Yeah, they did. Anything they would take, they would make sound like Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it had their own thing, and that was what was incredible yeah, about it woman. as a band. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty Woman, yeah. same thing. Yeah, yeah. totally Pretty, changed. Absolutely. Yeah, well, and then 1980 comes around, and they put out, you know, Women and Children First. Um, was there was there worry about among fans at that time that they were, they were going to try to adapt to what the sound was at the time? I, I didn't worry. Did anyone think I, oh, I Van Halen's going new way? I thought it was freaking awesome. Yeah, I heard yeah. the first couple of bars of Fools and just about crap myself. Yeah, guys, you know. And then again, yeah, might seem cheesy to a lot of people, but as throughout my whole history with them of listening to them, one of my favorite songs is "Could This Be Magic?" Yeah, it's unbelievable. Right. It's yeah. just such a groove, and it's so there's so much personality, and again. It's it's two acoustic guitars mm -hmm. and them singing in what sounds like a you know like a rainstorm in the background you know mm -hmm. and I could only imagine as a kid I just figured okay it was raining outside in the studio so they either decided to take a break or they maybe the power went off or something and they're nice. sitting out on the back porch with a rain rain coming down yeah. and they decide okay let's just play this thing you know and it just it just it was totally them it so still cool. worked you know yeah. that was the thing that I never really it never really bothered me at all you know yeah. um, in 1984 and we're jumping ahead but okay. in 1984 when everybody you know when he comes out when they came out with jump it was this huge scandal yeah. you know, the world ain't like it is now right. you know if somebody you know if John Mayer or somebody who's popular now suddenly put down his guitar and sat down behind a piano or something or a keyboard and played a song, nobody would think about it. Right. But because it was Eddie Van Halen, the king of guitar. Putting the guitar down. Putting the guitar down right. and playing his keyboard, it was this huge scandal. It was like one of those love it or hate it things. Yeah. And But to me, it was kind of like, it's still Van Halen. Right. It's still them. You know, I mean, yeah, I liked it better when he was playing guitar because it's just, I was a guitar player. Right. But it, I... I don't know. As, as they progressed, I just think they got, to me, they got more and more Van Halen as they went along. Right. Women and Children First was, again, it was kind of raw. There yeah. weren't any there weren't any real covers on that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Diver Down comes out and there's a bunch a of bunch. covers. Yeah. But again, they made them all their own and, and they just, it just seemed like they kept getting better and better and better. Yeah. Diver Down was, uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, um, it was uh, Fair Warning was the first tour I saw. Oh, was it? And they were like Godzilla coming to your town, 
stomping the shit out of everything, taking all the women and leaving you in a cloud of dust. <laughs> nice. It was amazing. Where, was where did you see him on that tour? Where? Yeah. My hometown. I was in, I'm from Greensboro, North Carolina. I saw oh. him at the Coliseum. Uh-huh. And me and a couple of my buddies went, and, and uh, it was two guys that I was playing in a band with. We all got together and, and started a band, and we all went to the Van Halen show. And I, I think it was, we were standing on about the 20th, 25th row or something on the yeah. floor and that was back when you could stand up on your metal chair and the security guards wouldn't say anything that was when yeah. concerts were concerts right. yeah you know i mean you'd see people fighting right you'd see people making out you'd see people throwing up you know I mean, yeah. it was just like that's a concert was yeah. 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 the world was good you know <laughs> and uh and then okay i've got a i got another story if we got time yeah, yeah, yeah. This, is, this was this was Again, part of the reason that Van Halen affected me so much in my life. The Fair Warning Tour was the first one I saw, but then it came time for the Diver Down Tour. Mm-hmm. And me and a buddy of mine, a good friend of mine named Mitch, we decided we'd each buy two tickets because, you know, we were going to the Van Halen concert. Of course we'd be able to get dates. Oh, yeah. Of course we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up selling the two tickets to these two girls that we knew and they were they were kind of popular girls uh one of them was a cheerleader but they weren't like you know they were kind of they were honor roll girls but yeah. at the same time they were popular yeah girls. just kind of preppy preppy girls, very yeah. preppy at that point in time very preppy lacosta sweaters and that kind of <laughs> stuff so but they were hot too yeah a girl named laura who i totally had this huge crush on and a girl named Amy, and they were best friends. And we sold them the two tickets, and we all decided we'd all just platonically go as friends to this concert because we all wanted to go. Yeah. So we go to this concert, and it's we had we were I remember we were on about the nineteenth row, and again we were we were on the floor, so you had to kind of stand in your seat because everybody stood up for the whole time. Sure. Yeah. And uh, we decided since the concert was probably kind of rough because it was a Van Halen concert, you know, I'm, I'm like, what, 17? Like, I'm going to fight anybody or whatever. But we decided to put the girls in the middle, and Mitch and I would sit on the outside. Yeah. So so we're, we're at this concert, and we're about halfway through the show, and they're starting bottoms up. Oh, and Dave comes out in the buttless pants. <laughs> the assless pants. And, yeah. and, and so... I'm I'm sitting here on the end, then Amy's next to me, then Laura's next to her, and then Mitch. Okay? Yeah. And we're standing on the 19th row, standing up in our chairs, and we're we're craning our necks to see because you gotta look over the crowd. The girls are shorter than we are, so they you know, Amy's gotta stand up on her tiptoes. Well Dave Dave comes out, he goes, What's up? and he bends over towards the crowd and shows him his ass in those pants. <laughs> and I remember Amy craning her neck and looking and it's like she was trying to see, and then all of a sudden, her eyes got really big. <laughs> she, and I was kind of laughing because I'd seen the show the year yeah. before, and I knew what he was going to do. Right. I knew her pants wasn't going to have no butt in them. Right. So she's like looking, and her eyes get real big. And I swear to God, guys, I have on, on on my mother's life. I swear to you, she had a spontaneous orgasm. <laughs> really? She starts twitching and goes. Oh, and she falls down in the chair and I'm standing there and Laura's looking over at her going, oh my God. And she's like hiding her face because she's embarrassed and Amy's twitching. Dude, she's just going. Wow. And I, I had 
three older sisters, right? Yeah. But I didn't know that was possible, you know, and I'm a 17 year old kid, right. you know, and I'm just looking at her and my buddy Mitch is going, Dang! he's looking over and she's literally laying, panting, <gasps> chest heaving, you know, oh, I mean, no. she just, she, she came right wow. there. And I looked at Roth and I looked at her and I looked at Roth, I looked at her, I looked at Roth again and I thought, that is a good job! Right. I wanna do that! So did you run out the next day and get some actual chef? Man, no, I didn't. <laughs> but I'll tell Before you what, school. Yeah. but I'll tell you what, man, that was an indelible moment of my life that was the quintessential rock and roll moment That's of amazing. all time. That and it's so absolutely, amazing. absolutely the truth. I swear it, I swear it. I wow. went home and told my sister and my sister said, yeah, it's possible. That's pretty extreme, <laughs> but it's possible. <laughs> you know, and so I'm just like, well, <laughs> oh, man. Play four. <laughs> you know, it just blew my brains out. Wow. So, so yeah, Van Halen had a real effect on yeah. my body. <laughs> now I suddenly have a higher hours. appreciation for Diver Down than I did. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. <laughs> you know. Diver Down starting to make a lot more sense now, too. Yeah, well, you know, it worked, yeah. yeah. They were just getting the chicks, you know. There That's was a trick. lot of chicks at that concert. Wow. So, well, so you, so you, because I hear a lot of diehard fans, they, they were turned off by the covers that were put on that album. Like, they thought well, that they were half-assing it. Well, see, my, my thing is, it, it always has been, you know, the music that I do, it's, it's, it's always about the songs. Yeah. And a great song is a, is a really great song, you know, at period. Right. And I remember, I remember that some footage that I saw of Elvis Presley years ago when he was standing, he was up at some press conference and he was like, you ain't got nothing if you ain't got a song. And a song is this and a song is that. You know, and, and that to me as a musician that that resonates. Mm -hmm. And I just appreciated the songs. Yeah. I can understand why people thought, oh, they're cheesing it out, they're just playing covers, you know, whatever. But you know, I'm sorry, but you know, where have all the good times gone? That rocks. Yeah. It still rocks. Yeah, you know? it does. And every time I hear it, I think of the Van Halen version right but when i think of old pretty woman i think of the van halen yeah version, because that's what i grew up with right you know and some of those songs i had heard before yeah but not really because i you know i, I was not as much right because i was a young kid yeah. you know maybe somebody who was older than knew those songs from the first time around maybe right, yeah. like my older sisters or somebody would yeah. say oh that's cheesy okay but to me some of those songs that was my first exposure to them. right and so i i think of that so back, it's all new to you. Yeah, it was. It was. And so it was just my perspective. I can see why people might feel that way. Right. You know, you want to get into a big argument about it and, and, and debate what this or this or this. But, you know, they were just the greatest band ever. Because well, I, I heard some people have said that they thought that that was, that was a sign that things were not going well in the camp. Because it probably like, it's going to be easier it if we just was. cut. You know, you know now, now, now that you get into, you know, it, now that we, we we know the history and we know the stories, yeah. you know, you get into to the discussion of, of you know what was going on in the band. And yeah, I mean, there's there's some things, some footage that I've seen now that that you can tell. Yeah. That that the the animosity was growing, and you can see it in the pictures. You can see it in the videos that yeah. are there. I, I got uh, I had a VCR tape of the US Festival, yeah. and Dave got completely oh, hammered. Yeah. You know, and yeah. that was because you know the Clash had yep. accused him of having tea in his Jack Daniels, which he probably did, you know, for the show. But then that night he decided, well, I'm gonna do I'm, it. I'm gonna real. do it for real. <laughs> and you could tell when he took the big pull off the Jack Daniels bottle, he looked like he was gonna choke to death. Right. So it was real. 
And yeah. I think that he gets really plowed, and you know, four songs later, you can see the look on Eddie's face, like I'm gonna kill this guy. Right. So yeah, it started to unravel, and I went to see the 1984 tour, and you could even tell on stage, you oh, know, really? that there was oh yeah, I could, I could, I, I just, I knew, even as an 18 year old kid, I knew that there was, you know trouble afoot because yeah. they weren't they weren't they weren't playing off of each other the way they did before and they were kind of it was like everybody had their own little zone and everybody had their own little solo and they didn't interact the way they were and Eddie was just staying on his one side of the stage real didn't didn't move around a whole lot right. compared to what he had done right you know and I you know I to me I you know I saw him on on fair warning I saw him to me where they were peaking right. as a yeah. live band yeah you know, because that was where their bread and butter was. They were making all their money off of touring. So it was like make an album to tour. Sure. Then by the time they got to 1984, the attitude started changing with the record company. Now we really need hits. And yeah, we need radio cool. play yeah. and MTV videos and that kind of yeah. stuff. The video thing was changing the everything. Right. You know, before that record, they had never really done videos. They were kind of anti-video mm -hmm. and they were more of a live band. Right. So. To me, I always say, well, I, I saw the real thing. Oh! Oh, yes! Proud to be one of David Lee Roth's favorite podcasts. Yeah, yeah! Hi He's always running to get the next episode. Oh, God! Oh, God, I'm running! Oh, yeah! He wouldn't lie to you. God damn it, baby! No, I ain't lying to you! I'm only gonna tell you one time! Oh, yeah! So... Be like Diamond Dave and listen to the Decibel Geek Podcast. Paul and, and Aaron, you and me, we, we kind of missed it. You know, we missed yeah, out. Because no, we were, cause we were just a little bit. because I'm an old guy. <laughs> Believe me, we envy you because we wish we had yeah. been in 12 in 1978. It was, it was experience like that. Right. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. I yeah. mean, it was, it was a great time for music, and it was, a, it was a great experience. Just the, you know, it was that thing that is missing now that when you, you know, you only, you didn't have MTV. You certainly didn't have YouTube. Now you can call up a YouTube any day, 24-7, 365 days a year, you can call it. You can see Led Zeppelin do their thing. You know, yeah, yeah. you can see all these great bands that you missed. But back then, you didn't have it. Back then, you only had the ability to um, see the concerts when they showed up. Right. Okay, right. so you'd only get to see Van Halen maybe once a year. You'd only get to see Led Zeppelin or somebody like that maybe once every three years. Right, you know, that made it that much more special, and that it, much more important. It was, an, it was a huge event. It was, it was, it was amazing just to be standing in the same room, breathing the same air as your heroes for right. a few minutes. Yeah. It was an incredible experience. Yeah, you know, now concerts are kind of like baseball games. You know, you see people feeding their kids a slice of pizza. You know? <laughs> yeah. and it's just not the same. No, it you know? sure and, I, and I'm not trying to be an old guy going, these oh. kids today don't know. But at the same <laughs> time, there is, a, there is a thing where they, people don't realize what, what went away. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, 
I recently saw that uh, Dave Grohl thing, the, the uh, Sound, Sound City. City. Yeah. It's oh, incredible yeah. because, you know, it's bringing to light, this is what isn't here anymore. Right. And on the one hand, you celebrate it, but on the other hand, it kind of makes you sad. Yeah. And it's the same thing, you know. i got to be honest with you. I have, as much as I love them, I have no interest in going to see Van Halen now because yeah. I saw the real thing. Right. And I don't want to see a bunch of old guys trying to pretend to be what they used to be when yeah. they're not. Right. And, and we can't, none of us can stop that. None of us can stop the fact that we all grow older and we, and you know, I mean, it's, you, over time, your body fails you, your abilities fail you, you, you know, you can't sing like you used to, maybe you can't play like you used to, certainly can't run around like you used right. to. And especially for a band like them, their whole thing was built on being young, studly party boys and, I'm sorry, it doesn't work when you're a 60 year old man. It's true. You know, now the music is still there, and yeah. I will not take anything away from that. Yeah, I was going to say from that last album, you know, the music yeah. studio wise is still amazing. Sure, yeah. sure, and it, it, it's still there, and I'll take nothing away from it. But going to see the show, nah, I don't have any interest in that because I was that kid in 1978. Right. Well, maybe it was, you feel it would soil the memory. Maybe. It just yeah, it would just yeah. it would just take something away from it. Right. You know, I, I remember. I, Saw the Kiss reunion tour, the first, you know, real '96, yeah, and it was amazing because yeah. they were still young enough to do what they were doing. Right. You know, the next couple of tours after that, I kept going to see them, and every time I would go to see them, it was kind of like, nah, this is not as fun for me as it used to be. Right. Because I'm starting to see the, the age, you're starting to see the cracks, you know, right. and it's it, there's no crime in that. There's nothing no. terrible about it. It's just a part of life that we all got to go through if we're lucky enough to keep living. I was going to say, beats the alternative. Yeah, that's true. It does. <laughs> that's better than being dead. All right. But uh, I thought we'd go around. We got just a few minutes left. We'd go around just just <clears throat> name off some of our favorite Van Halen, David Lee Roth era tracks. And Aaron, I'm going to start. Oh with man, you. I don't even know where to begin with that because I just love them all. Every yeah. everything from that era, <laughs> it's you hard, know. Isn't it? Because <laughs> like as a kid. The first Van Halen I ever seen was 84, you know, and then it was like from there, yeah. you know, so it was to me, it was like discovering that and it was, you know, that one first, you know, without hearing any of this stuff before it and then going, being able to go back and discover the other albums, you yeah. know, that was, that was a hell of a way to, you know, discover the band. Yeah. Right? <laughs> You, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember being a little kid and my Aunt Pam or somebody had the album laying around and it's like, looked at the cover, it's like, what is this? You know, there's a little kid out here smoking a cigarette. cigarette. I gotta play this right now, yeah. you know? <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's gotta be great. Yeah. And then having your mind blown by it and then be able to go back and discover the rest. Yeah. Know? So for me, it's all of it. I don't, yeah. There's not nothing I hate. If I, well, I went through trying to just pick a handful of sums that stick out to me. Uh, we were talking about Diver Down, you know, and people give them crap for the covers, but I, I you know, I love Hang 'em High. I think it's a great song. Yeah. That's all. You know, um, Mean Street from Fair Warning. Yep. You know, that, that I saw them, and I hate to admit this, I saw them play with Gary Sharon at Starwood, mm -hmm. but they pulled out a lot of those old tracks. And right. another one of my choices, they played Mean Street, they also played Romeo Delight. Right. Um, awesome. Song, yeah, I love that. Know. One of my favorites for sure. Yeah, and then uh, I got You're No Good, the cover. Um, Dance the Night Away. I mean, that, what better radio song is there than that? That's one that appeals to guys and girls. You know? And it's still like like we said with Todd, you know, earlier, it's still a Van Halen song through and through. Yeah. You know? It's one of my favorites. <laughs> oh, 
Oh wow, I forgot it. <laughs> Shame on me. But I, you know what I'm saying. I, yeah. I, I, you know that stuff. Things like little guitars, secrets. Yeah. yeah. Uh, secrets. Uh, um, um, in a simple rhyme. That's a great. Song. In a simple rhyme. They pulled those, that out on this last. In tour. a simple rhyme, I'm telling you that that's one of those that when I would get to that on the record, I would crank my stereo so loud that my mom would just about beat my ass. <laughs> There's just something about that yeah. comes in. Yeah. Yeah. There's just something about it that was just like just amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I love that. Uh, the first record, Feel Your Love Tonight, yeah. I always thought was one of the greatest pop songs it ever is. written. Yeah. And I was surprised that it was never a real single. It should have been. Because yeah. it, yeah. it's just such a great little well, And it summed up everything that they were about. Right. It was just like, there it was in three and a half minutes or however long a song it is. There, it just that was. This is the quintessential party band, and here it is. Right. You know, yes. We're getting to this funny in the back of yeah. my car. You know, you just yeah. know who Dave right. is right there. Well, yeah. and, you know, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention um, a different kind of truth, the new one that came out. Um, that I, I was too. shocked by how good it was. I mean, honestly, yeah. I was not expecting it to be that good. And I know. They rehashed a lot of old demos, but I, like you said, good songs are good songs, good songs right. and they turned that into a really solid album. And Chinatown is a particularly a, a great song on that album. The uh, the work that Eddie does, and I have to give Wolfgang credit, the little guitar bass thing they do at the end of the solo, sure, yeah. it's incredible. And Dave's lyrics, man, that David Lee Ross lyrics were part of what was missing from the band all those years. Certainly, you yeah. know, because they were, yeah, he could be funny. But really philosophical stuff. Yeah. If you a really pay attention play. to what he says, you a lot know? Of, a lot of yeah, he's play. a real wordsmith. You know, yeah, he, he, he never got enough credit for that either. Yeah. But uh, yeah, those those are that's a handful of ones that I particularly love. Yeah, there's, there's, there's just too many. No, I mean, yeah. Yeah. and the whole first album, of course. Right. Yeah. We talked about <laughs> mentioned it earlier. I always yeah. love Little Dreamer. Yeah, yeah. just that's a fantastic women in love. Women yeah. in love. Yeah. Yeah. Just because they could they they could. They could rip your head off, or they could tear your heart out too. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was there was that element of it. And uh, or DOA. Right. Yeah. Just, just and somebody get me a doctor. Yeah. Well, the whole the whole sound on <laughs> it just keep you just keep right. going on and on. Yeah. Right? You yeah. Just keep yeah. Well, yeah. Start over. Start the renaming. Hold on. Quote brown sound that's on the first two albums. Yeah. I love the dark tone to the second. Sure. Because there's a darker sound to that album than yeah. when, when mm -hmm. everything that came after it. Yeah. So, but yeah, they're just it, they're incredible, and you know, I hope. Uh, the Van Halen fans that have listened to this, I hope they've enjoyed listening to us just reminisce on this. And my student stories. No, I oh, love the stories. Great, they were great. That's all. You took up too much time. No, no, no. I appreciate no. you letting me come. No, we, part we of wanted it. to just talk about that era, and you know, and I hope you had fun. And well, it's it to me that they, they, it's very, very dear to my heart simply because of what I experienced, and all that was probably by chance of where my situation was and where I was when I was growing up. Yeah. Um, the moment that I was, everything kind of it was like dominoes. Everything kind of fell in the same, in the same way, in such a way that it all kind of lined up. Right. And, and they just were a very, very special band to me, and always will be because of what I just happened to walk into that day in that record store. Right. You know, it was it yeah. was all by chance. It was all innocent, and you know you can debate it for a million years, but to me, they're probably the best rock and roll band that I ever knew. You know, there's a there's a few more, but they yeah. 
they are the ones that I, they're the crown jewel in my record collection, I'll tell you that. Yeah, and it's yeah. just, it means that much to me. Well, that's great. Well, right and, um, you know, like I said, thanks for coming on. Um, and you have some projects going on now I want to get a, a little plug in for. Okay, okay. Yeah. sure. And you're doing a, your new band is Funk Hammer. Yes, the, the band is called Funk Hammer. It's, I love that um, name. You can find it on, on Reverb Nation. It's uh, www.reverbnation.com backslash Toddzilla's Funk Hammer. And we will have links to this. Yeah, and and, uh, and then of course my big giant funk band that I've been doing for years and years called Jones World. Yes. Uh, you can find Jones World on Reverb Nation as well. And I don't know how Jones World splits up the uh, money at the end of the night, but it, I'm guessing you all take pennies home. As many people are in that. <laughs> it doesn't band. matter. It's all for fun. Well, I was gonna say because there's like how many members are in Jones World? Yeah. Well, it depends. Sometimes. Sometimes ten, sometimes thirty. Yeah, <laughs> I went that's to, not an exaggeration. I, I, mean, I took my wife to one show, and I was like, I think the stage is going to collapse. There's too yeah, many people. It's, on it's kind of, it's just kind of a big co-op of musicians. Yeah, that love to make music together, and, and I'm really lucky to have a huge extended family of people that love to play music with me. Absolutely. And that's what it's all about. You know, it's all it all comes from the heart. Yeah, and the new Funk Hammer project is the same kind of thing. It's stripped down. It's just guitar, bass, and drums, and me writing songs for me to sing and front the band but you know it's it's just great guitar music and I, I'm kind of like kind of like a maybe I'm a cross between Eddie and Dave because you know I can play guitar pretty well not as well as Eddie of course but <laughs> I can play guitar and I'm not that great of a singer but I can fucking nail it if I have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's got style. He yeah, yeah, yeah I got style. Sure. I may not be the greatest singer in the world but I got style but right. you know, it's, it, it's a lot of fun and, and I hope people will look it up and and let us know if you enjoy it. Absolutely. I think if you're a Van Halen fan, you'll appreciate some of the direction. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, if, if it's cool with you, I'd like to uh, make you guys a featured artist one week and use your some of your music to go in and out. Yeah, everybody check it out. Yeah, I would so, love that. So yeah. thanks for coming on, and uh, we gotta go because I gotta go get some assless chaps. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's a visual I didn't need. Exactly. Uh, you do that all the time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See you next week, everybody.
Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike feels like he's capable of a little more than just trips to the convenience store. Oh, also, he wants to let you know that you can buy a gallon of ice cream instead of a pint every time. <laughs> Those are his words. So he said roughly like, blink the last wheel. It doesn't really translate, but the way he said it was super funny. <laughs> Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage.